0: Welcome to Mindful Creatives, the podcast.
1: I say feel the fear, fuck the fear, and do it anyway. I think that's very much my mantra. Like, you don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to know the step in front of you Mm -hmm. and to take it.
0: I'm your host, Kim Tran Flores. When life seems to go too fast and your thoughts overwhelm you, perhaps it's time to slow down by giving your attention to the present moment. On today's podcast episode, we have Fee Deng, and welcome Fee. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So glad to have you on the show tonight. I want to start. Can you share with me three words that describe you? Ooh, I think energetic, Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, bubbly, Mm -hmm. curious. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Actually, if I was to describe you, there'll be the words that I would would probably pull out too. It's um, the intuitive thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I would, ask, I would add in their author too. So oh, that's because that's how we we kind of met, right? Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, what it is? What is it that you, you do?
1: I'm a life coach mm-hmm. and if I'm honest with you, I don't think that could encapsulate me as a person, yeah. but I would say I'm a life coach. I use a modality called human design mm-hmm. and I'm also an author, as you mentioned, yeah. I'm a podcast host as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell in terms of my career. <laughs> Plus
0: much more. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to ask you, human design, it's quite a, a, a unique thing to, to kind of get into. Can you share us, with us a little bit more? Yeah.
1: About so human design, you could think of it as like a blueprint or a map to your soul and it's a guide and it very much runs you through your life themes, your personality, how your life is going to unfold. Mm. So I guess it's really much for people that are looking for their purpose, validating and really understanding why they are the way they are. So Mm. I obviously had a a sneak peek at your chart. (laughs) And so for example, Kim, when I look at your chart in terms of your personality, you are somebody that likes to go very deep. You like all the details. And it's kind of a book smart that is contrasted by a street smart, somebody that is also learning a lot through life experiences. And so you're somebody that wants to kind of share your knowledge with the world, not only based on your own learnings, but yeah, synthesising that all, for yeah. example. And I also found it interesting that your sole purpose is actually consciousness. Oh, And I think you very much do yeah. that through calligraphy, right? Yeah, I
0: do. And not just calligraphy, but parenting also. Mm. Yeah, so it's funny you say that because I can feel that. Because w- the only thing I, I didn't really re- resonate with was when you said book smart, but then you said, but with a street smart. And I was like, yeah, I've always considered more of a person that wants to see, learns by experiencing things and mm. going through rather than sitting there and reading something I had to practice it and go out and and try and use it but yeah that, that's really interesting thank you for sharing that yeah what's what, what sparked your sparked your journey into kind of life coaching and um and human design it wasn't part of the plan.
1: <laughs> I definitely um I think the universe had a grander plan for me and mm. it very much links back to when I was just turned 20 years old, my dad passed away from bowel cancer and that mm. completely changed my life and I was on this trajectory, you know, studying a double degree of law and marketing and I thought I'd be like a chief marketing officer, see like a CEO of a company. Yeah. And so it's been a real blessing and you know, that really was a catalyst for my personal growth journey in A lot of different ways I was confronted with a lot of things like death, which I was not expecting in my life.
0: And not that early on anyway,
1: right? No. And I think, you know, you kind of have that happen and your life normalizes itself. And I fell into having an advertising career Mm. and I was like very much on track. I was doing really well. Like I was like on track to be like the youngest, like group strategy manager at like 27, 28 years old. I was like making six figures. Like I thought I had it all sorted and it was actually the Pandemic yeah. um, that brought about this because I've always been really passionate about mental health through, you know, work burnout as well as mm-hmm. my dad passing away and, you know, witnessing people. And so, my journey was quite random. It started yeah. as a passion project, and it actually took me eight months to get it up and running before I had the idea because of the pandemic. I finally mm-hmm. had time, and I was anonymous. I didn't want people yeah. to know who I was, and I was posting and. I actually came across um, men's mental health day. And yeah. at that time, three years ago, no one was talking about it. Mm. And I was like, who am I to talk about this? Like I am a woman, first of all, I, you know, I consider myself like, you know, a young, sweet Asian looking girl. Like <laughs> yeah. who's she gonna comment about mental health? I yeah. wasn't a life coach, I wasn't a psychologist. And I decided that I wanted to talk about
0: it. And and in the, in the Asian community too, um, it, it's mental health is not something that we, we share a lot. We talk to our parents a lot, right? It, If anything, for them, they're like, if you say to them, mum, I'm not feeling great or I'm feeling a bit down or, you know, I'm feeling upset, what they would say, I I think most Asian uh, children or, um, you know, people from Asian families would relate, they would say, well, my parents would say, you've got a roof over your head and food on the table.
1: Yeah, I feel yeah. like we all had our physical met, mm. needs met but not necessarily emotional and yeah. you know that phrase in Vietnamese like "nint de like yeah. like when you cry yeah. like don't cry and yeah. you know even when my dad passed away my family's like oh we'll buy you a trip to new york that'll make yeah. you feel better and I was like sweeping everything under the rug yeah. and burying it in the cupboard. So it was yeah. a lot for me to come out and experience that and so I was made a post about men you know they also cry mm. they have feelings and it went viral overnight organically yeah. so I had suddenly 10,000 followers and people were kind of asking who I was. And yeah, I became a life coach by demand. And yeah. I kind of think everything aligned to that. And, you know, nine months after starting my side hustle, I was very fortunate to be able to leave and go full time in my business yeah. and hit, you know, amazing business
0: milestones as well. So I, I love that you um you, you oh, congratulations Thank firstly. You. I love that you you talked about you wanted to share an issue about men, yeah mental me- mental health, but you here you are a woman. Yes. Um in from a uh, society belief of asian women who should be subdued yeah who are like you know really sweet and innocent we don't bring up and we don't raise our voice and we don't cause a scene but you did that with sharing about men, men's health and i think that's great because men are not in in this society people find it hard for men to share their feelings like you say don't cry i remember my, uh, attending my dad's father's funeral and dad was upset And everyone was just like, why are you crying? Mm. And I just remember saying, let him cry. What's wrong with him crying? It made them so uncomfortable to see a man crying that they would rather him hold everything in than to release it. Mm. So for a woman to stand up and say, it's okay for a man to show his emotion. It doesn't change how they are to us. You know, you you took a big stand in opening up and sharing that and, and standing up for men. As a woman.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think it's one of the biggest privileges of my life to be able to coach men and women, Mm. but to really hold space for men and provide that safety because I think it's also like cultural conditioning, societal conditioning that,
0: Mm. you know,
1: men don't cry, like, you know, don't be a boy, be a man. And so I think it's really important to speak about that. And I'm very grateful that the pandemic brought about awareness for all of mental health because Mm. I think my job or career right now, maybe like three or four years ago, maybe it wasn't in, I guess it's like people talk about. Mental health now, yeah. and I'm very grateful because I don't mm-hmm. think people did previously. I think you know people are proud to have a coach. They are proud to go to yeah, a psychologist right. now,
0: yeah, because the more you open and the more you educate people, the more it becomes the norm in a sense for someone to say, "I'm not feeling well, I'm going to do something about this." Yeah. Did that also kind of lead you on to writing a book about it and sharing your story? Because your book, The Great Unlearning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like that was very much a catalyst because my dad was actually an English teacher in Vietnam so that he wouldn't get enlisted into the army. That Mm -hmm. was a move by my grandfather. And I've always been passionate about English and literature, but my whole life and journey, you know, with myself and my clients has been unlearning. So for example, you know, when my dad passed away, I was very, I actually cried a little bit And then I went completely numb and ended up having depression and being suicidal and... I had to unlearn a lot of things in my life thinking oh if I have the money if I have the status if I do this I'll be happy and yeah. it wasn't about that so the great unlearning is about all these facets of life where we think one thing but actually it's another like yeah it's not that you need to learn more in personal development we actually mm-hmm. have to unlearn a lot of stuff beliefs thought patterns that no longer serve us yeah. and really break generational patterns as well I love that thank you for that
0: I actually have um some quotes from your book that we we've we've pulled out and we, <laughs> I, I want to discuss a little bit more with you All right so in this chapter called busy 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 yes and I'm just going to read some a uh, few sentences from a few different paragraphs so it says let's face it being busy is a badge of honor in society especially in the workplace as a result you take on more than you can handle ignoring the whispers from your body and then you've wrote here when my dad died I was so scared to feel the emotions that came with grief that I kept myself busy I tried to recover, but the world kept screaming at me that busy was much better. Mm. And 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 I've talked to women or I've talked to a lot of people, not just women, men and women who say, I'm a workaholic. Mm -hmm. I don't take time off. I just work, work, work. My first question to them is always, well, my first question to me inside about them is, what are you hiding from? Mm. We run. We run. You know, I
1: say in coaching, I call it buffering. We want Mm. to avoid our feelings. We will do anything, stay busy, eat lots of food, have sex, like whatever, gambling, Mm. we just want to avoid our feelings. And I think that's also, you know, part of being growing up Asian. It's like- you know, it's like saving face. We don't talk about these things. We go through it privately. The perfect family. Yeah, and it's like you know, don't you dare bring it up with even your family. Like you, you know, your like I don't know, like my around the siblings of your mm. parents and things like That's that. Right.
0: You're, uh, I've seen siblings who like will compete with each other. You know, they're going through stuff, but nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to open up to the other because yeah, you're right about saving face, and and that whole being busy. Society does put this badge of honor Mm. the more busy you are the 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 more highly you're seen right as a woman who is also a mother and a wife and the eldest child of a family you're an uh, only child am i I am yeah so you probably feel this same way with me too being the eldest is you need to be able to do everything Mm -hmm. And you are that superwoman who can handle everything and society regards you higher if you're able to juggle everything rather than opening up and saying, I can't, I just can't do it all. I need help. Yeah. I think the
1: strongest thing is to ask for help. Mm. Right. You know, in the same way with, you know, when we were talking about men, I'm like the strongest men are the ones that can feel their feelings and open up, open up. And, uh, sorry, what was I going to say? I think people really believe that they have to earn rest, which I think is so messed up. Like you don't have to do anything to earn rest. It's Mm. like a
0: right, you know, you know, when I first started, like, this my my journey into self-care and mindfulness and um, rest, I remember saying to my mum, well, I'm going to go get a facial today. Mm. And I don't know if you, if you're in your head, I reckon you know what my mum said to me, right? She said to me, don't you have a lot of time on your hands? Mm. Aren't you fancy? It, it, but I would say to her, why can't you go get one too? mm mm-hmm she goes but i've got so much to do i have to do all this stuff or else people would think i'm lazy
1: yeah I love uh-huh. that you did that for yourself though because mm. I think as a whole women find it quite hard to receive mm. and I think as well as like the ancestral beings like a lot of our parents came here with nothing and have yeah. worked really hard and they've always been in this constant you know state of fight or flight yeah and that's not necessarily what we have here and you know for example when you leave like a stable corporate job they think yeah. you're crazy yeah, yeah. but yeah. that's because they just grew up in a different world in a yeah. different environment yeah, yeah.
0: I want to ask, when when I met you, right, we actually first met at your book launch. I, I, when I, well actually no, we met at uh, the Level Asian event um, when we did that meet and greet with Vin Mm -hmm. and then afterwards I found out that you were releasing a book so your mum actually invited us. (laughs) Uh, I have a feeling she wanted to see Hendrix (laughs) but she invited us to come and and we did and I remember asking you, I was like, how long did it take you to write this book and you said, "What? it was like a year, right? Yes. during that time did you suffer writer's block
1: yes yeah. I think actually you know I had to push the deadline back because I was going through a breakup and mm. you know I mean the publisher knows now but I had a year to write it and I think the majority of it was written in the back half of the six months because yeah. I had life to live yeah. to have that flow and I'm very much in terms of like my creativity I, I don't I can't force it yeah so when I'm in the moment I'm there and if I'm not I respect that and I live my life
0: yeah it's a- in, in that time when you were having the writer's block or you couldn't, you were busy living your life in order to write this book, what, what did you, were there ways that you found that you could anchor yourself to the moment so that you had that sense of, um, to let your creativity flow when you, I guess when you got down to it, you're like, okay, I've got six months left. Yeah. I need to write this book. Yes. You were probably still dealing with some stuff in the background. Yes. What did you do to kind of get yourself into that moment to be like, okay, I've got to pen to paper. I think it's
1: very much this mindset of trusting and surrendering to the process. I think it can be very chaotic. And if I look back at my life, it seems all jumbled, but then it all suddenly aligns and it all makes sense. So I Mm. think having that mindset of trust really helped me and having faith, but ultimately I'm somebody that likes to meditate a lot. That really helps me. You know, I'm obsessed with like ice baths and things because it, you know, it, it helps me get into that present moment. I think that's everything. And mm. I am somebody that regularly asks myself, like, where am I right now? Like, am yeah. I here in this moment talking to you? Am I thinking about what happened earlier this morning? Am I thinking about what I'm doing after this? So I'm always like, where am I? Where are you, feet? And I'm mm. like, I'm here. I'm in the present moment. And I think I always bring my attention to like my feet because I think yeah. that really grounds me as well. Yeah,
0: because I, I love walking around on the ground without shoes on. Mm. I think my parents think it's weird. They're like, shoes <laughs> on, it's so dirty. or, or like, something. Yeah, I'm like, but it feels so, good like i can feel every little rock and every little um you know like especially on grass in the morning when you're walking like you can feel the morning dew yes and And then what one of my girlfriend loves dancing in the rain and she kind of got me into it because i like i love being out here Mm. i think being grounded is so important for your creativity because when you put yourself into that moment it allows you to just take that moment to say okay
1: Yeah, we live so much of life in here and all of these things and scenarios and stuff, but really life Mm. is to be lived in our bodies. And so I very much take a somatic approach to my life and coaching clients. Yeah, I I, I think that's that's
0: such a um, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thanks. I've got another part of the book that I wanted to bring up here. As women, we... Busy living our lives, but we're also trying to build something out of here. Mm-hmm. Right? So this uh, this part of your book, when it says, when it came to building my business, it wasn't always a big, bold move. I wouldn't glamorise it, though. It was tough and I hit points of burnout before having to strengthen my boundaries and taking time off to rest in between. Mm-hmm. Y- y- you talk a lot about rest. And yes. You talk a lot about uh, you know taking these big, bold moves. As a woman within a creative field. At what point did you, did you decide that rest was so important?
1: I didn't decide. My body decided for me. You know, I think I remember being in my early twenties and I had high blood pressure Mm. and my doctor was very concerned. She's like, you're a young woman, you eat well, you exercise regularly, Mm -hmm. did all these tests and it was ultimately stress. And she's like, I'm being serious with you right now. Like you will die very young because of all the stress. And you know, you think that's a wake up call. I would like cough up blood. I would have like a month long period. And ultimately, you know, just before I left my corporate job, I literally could not get out of bed. Like I was so shaky and anxious. Mm. And so that's maybe what realized it. And I think it was understanding that health is wealth. Like, Mm. you know, something that I learned is nothing matters if you don't have your health. Yeah, You can build the business of your dreams, but you don't get to enjoy it. What's the point? And it's ironic because obviously my dad passed away from a health thing. So it's kind of like come full circle. And yeah. I work with people day in and day out. and. The way that my mindset works is actually when my clients work with me, they also invest for me to be at my best. Mm. That's how I become the best coach, you know, when I have been swimming at the beach, I'm eating delicious food. Yeah. And so I think it's like a mandatory because it's not I don't just believe in giving from a full cup. I give I believe in giving from an overflowing cup. Mm-hmm. It's like the excess that I get to give yeah. because the more I have, the more I can generate and, you know, expand and give to other people.
0: Yeah. I love that. And and you actually recently, um, you recently joined my, you attended my workshop. I loved it. Obsessed. With with mum, right? Yeah. I love that mum took the time out to to, to do that too. Yeah. It was
1: honestly, that changed my life. That was Honestly, like a moment I will never forget for the rest yeah. of my life. And thank you so much for no, facilitating thank you for that coming. because, you know, I really had to work on my relationship with my mom. I've been very triggered by her in the yeah. past and she's never been up for doing an activity, but she just loved the concept that you had, mm. you know, mindfulness, calligraphy and painting. And Oh, like my heart. I'm so, so grateful.
0: It, it was lovely seeing the both of you there attending it together. And the fact that she took time out cause she's probably busy doing other things too, right? For this, this is a luxury for them.
1: To oh be yeah, like, you know,
0: taking time out to just spend on myself. I don't spend time on myself. I spend it on my kids. Like she would even tell me stuff. Like she would go all the way to to Bondi yes. to see you, yes. and bring you food. Yes, that, that I am that, very that, very yeah. lucky. So that that's their kind of love language, right? Is acts of service. But to to I, I think for me and I, you'd probably agree too. Is when you see your parents resting mm. and truly taking that time out for themselves, it brings so much like yeah. pleasure and joy in your heart. Don't you I mean, agree? she's
1: such a giver. And actually she convinced me, she's like, we have to do this actually. nice Because she was like, you know, um, it's such an amazing opportunity. Cause I was like, oh, like, do I have the time? And my mom's like, you've got to prioritize. And I think cause she- You taught wit- her that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think she witnessed, like I'll never forget when I was, um, I had like- uh, like a kind of like a post-traumatic like stress disorder after my dad passed Mm. away and I became quite numb and and suicidal. So I think my mom saw that and that really woke her up to the importance of like, she realized like the most important thing was like joy and happiness. Like what was the point? And so I think she, like, reminds me often to, like, take breaks, even though you know how it is with the business. It's hard to shut off at times. Yeah, because
0: you get to choose. You get to choose to work 12 hours a day, 15 hours a day. You can work 24 hours a day if you want to. You are ultimately responsible for your own downtime and your own rest. Yeah,
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, just because you can doesn't mean that you need to or you
0: should. Yeah, exactly. So after I attended your book event, right, Mm -hmm. you – I realised how much work went into that. The stress <laughs> and the anxiety, like, to, to kind of get this book out there. And so the, you've got the pre – you've got the writing the actual book. Yes. The stress from that. Yes. You've got the, the going to the publisher and hoping that, you know, mm-hmm. like, it does well when it, it goes out. Yes. And then you've got the launch party. Yes. And then you've got the post-launch party when you're like, okay, I hope my book – The actual beginning. The actual beginning, <laughs> right? all through that how did you how did you handle like dealing with each part of the the, the stage and dealing with the, those anxieties that come Oh my up,
1: gosh like? letting myself feel that and riding the emotional waves and not judging myself and mm. really holding compassion for myself because yeah. i think we try to intellectualize emotions but you can't intellectualize them and i was yeah. like maybe there's just a reason, like a feeling that it's coming up because it was very scary and vulnerable. You know, I talk very, a lot about intimate things, taboo things, you know, in Asian culture, whether it's like sex, family secrets, things like that. So I think I had to really um, move through it. And I think journaling really helped me to understand Mm. my thought process and just, you know, unravel what was going on and really like identify these limiting beliefs that I
0: had around that. Yeah. Yeah. Did mum, mum read the book, I believe? Yes. Yep. And, and she, I, what did you say? She bought like 10 copies of oh, it. Oh, she was immensely proud and I'm yeah. so grateful. I was
1: very nervous and I actually experienced writer's block because at first I didn't tell her or any of my family was writing a book. Yeah, I was very scared of the judgment, but the once I opened up the conversation, it was like all the words flowed. Yeah. So I think it was me holding back within myself and mm. an unwillingness to be vulnerable that actually held yeah. me back creatively for a long time.
0: Do you you think that the book has helped her unlearn some stuff? Yeah, I think so. Like
1: I try to put myself in her shoes as a woman that had to leave everything behind in Vietnam, Mm. meets my dad on a boat, flees everything, hopes for this amazing life. And I just see the joy that she sees when she comes to Bondi. She just can't believe her daughter lives this life. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's like, you know, actually now that I've been able to retire her early Mm. and seeing her do all these fun things, like she's like running on Bondi beach. She's like (laughs) going out all the time, having cocktails with like
0: people half her age. Like I am so happy for her that I love hearing that speaking of Vondai, you're at the beach quite a lot
1: yeah I, yeah I have to spend my time there I think that kept me sane like yeah. I do ocean swims like nature has been yeah. incredible
0: for me as well do you find that that's that that is important to your creative flow being able to be at the beach or be able to be in nature I think
1: nature is really inspiring. You know, I often look at the ocean, and it comes in waves. Sometimes it's flat. Sometimes it's very turbulent. Yeah. So I learn a lot from uh, nature, and I think nature is a very
0: gracious teacher as well. Mm. Why? Why of all places you could have moved to, I guess like the mountains or whatever it is, mm. why the beach? Has it always been something that you've connected to? I think it's the ocean.
1: It's just something about, I think I'm my happiest when I am like floating like a star on the yeah. ocean and the sunlight is on my skin and I'm just like, there's something about that and going underwater where there's silence, like that is so serene. I don't think anyone could like capture that.
0: Yeah. Silence. This is where they say silence is golden, right? When you're in a, this busy world. And it's so crazy. There's so much you're taking on to take that moment of deep water, like just underwater silence. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm going to Vietnam and
1: Bali to kind of reconnect to that silence yeah. and just being in the present moment and not worrying about anything, but just being here.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Fee. It's It's been amazing to chat with you and learn more about you and for your advice on how to get more into a creative flow. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to Mindful Creatives, the podcast for more real world advice from my guests on how to apply mindfulness to inspire creativity and improve all areas of your life.